Welcome to the Painless Podcast. It's Chris Hartwig from Painless Networking here. Thank you so much for stopping by today. If you're new, welcome. Painless Podcasts are all about connecting, connecting with good humans and interesting people in sports and event marketing. Hope you enjoy my conversation with today's guest. It's Ben Weiss, founder of Zcruit. Zcruit uses predictive analytics to help college football programs recruit smarter. Don't worry if you don't get that yet. It took me a while, uh, but Ben breaks it down for us. So I caught up with Ben last Wednesday to get his story. Uh, it was immediately after he finished his final, final exams at Northwestern University. That's right. He just finished four years of college and the son of a gun already has three college football recruiting departments as clients. And um, I know when, when I was finished with my final exams, uh, I was heading somewhere and it was not to the tech incubator to get more work done. Uh, it was probably the bar. So uh, anyway, uh, it's a great chat with Ben. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, you can look up Zcruit online at Zcruit, that's Z-C-R-U-I-T, Zcruit.co. The website, Twitter is at Zcruit Football. And Facebook, it's simply at Zcruit. They also have a face or a uh, LinkedIn page. You can check them out there as well. All right, let's get rolling. Recorded June 7th in Evanston, Illinois. A beautiful day up there at Evanston's incubator known as The Garage. Let's get connected with Ben Weiss. Today's Painless Podcast guest is Ben Weiss from Zcruit. At North, we're here today at Northwestern University's Garage uh, Startup Incubator in uh, Evanston. And welcome to the Painless Podcast, Ben. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Uh, yeah. So before we go back in the background, give us the give us the, the quick rundown of what Zcruit is. Yeah. So Zcruit helps college football programs recruit smarter through predictive analytics. All right. And for somebody like me that's not that smart, <laughs> we're gonna you're gonna explain to me in a little bit and our listeners how yes. uh, you go about doing that. But to kind of set the table for that, how you know how did you get started? Where did you where did you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and in this case being sports based uh, application that you've got here, was how big of a role did sports play in your life growing up? Yeah, growing up, I grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, which is the first suburb west of Chicago. Both my parents went to Northwestern University. My dad was a varsity soccer player here. So that really helped ingrain sports in me at a young age. I played soccer, tennis, uh, ended up smattering of other things growing up. Uh, the only one that I continued on through in high school was tennis. Uh, I wasn't that great. I was okay at tennis. Was a, you know, made varsity my senior year but that was uh, kind of the extent of things. But I also, also grew up a, a huge sports fan, and particularly a college football fan. My dad is from Flint, Michigan originally, and uh, raised me both a big Michigan and Northwestern fan. And by the time I was 14 years old, if you were to tell me in number 1 through 99, I'd be able to tell you which Michigan football player that was and where he went to high school and some odd facts about that player as well. Uh, so I spent all my free time on the blogs and things like that and, and really became passionate and enthused about um, college football, college sports and, and things like that well and here's a interesting point that um drives me crazy slash makes me jealous but um it, what's what's good for you is you're young enough that you don't remember when northwestern football was a joke <laughs> they've been pretty good for most yes, of your i've been lucky your fandom right but uh, of how to relate it to your age that you're doing this and launching this the company and all that stuff you 
just literally today finished your final class, yes. final paper, to turn it in uh, an hour ago. Yes. And instead of going out and uh, raging in downtown Evanston, <laughs> you're in here in the garage and promoting the company and, and grinding out some more work. So, uh, you know, how, how when, when did the idea come about from, uh, you said you're a big college football fan uh, and, and, and having that understanding, you know, knowing the rosters and things like that. Where did this idea percolate? Was this back in high school? Did it start here in a class? Tell us about that. The idea definitely didn't start in high school, but my passion around football recruiting in the industry started in high school. I think it, that started around my freshman year. Um, as I was saying, I spent all, all my time on these football blogs, and I would just consume all of the media on football recruiting. I wanted to know where uh, the future of my football teams, Michigan and Northwestern, uh, who those star players were going to be, um, and I, I like to stay on top of that. And it was something my dad and I could really connect and bond over, and it became a, a fun thing for me to do growing up. Um, and then by the time I was uh, just graduated my senior year of high school, um, Northwestern. We start school really late here. We start in late September, and most of my friends had left for college in August. So I started writing anonymously on some of the Northwestern sports blogs about football recruiting. I saw that while the Michigan blogs are a lot of people that were covering recruiting, there wasn't that much coverage on recruiting on these Northwestern sites. Right. So I started to just kind of blog under an, you know, an anonymous name on one of these posts, and then I saw one of the, at the time, premier Northwestern sports sites called Lake the Posts mm -hmm. was looking for additional writers. So I, you know, kind of sent an email over to them, showed some of my work, and they gave me a, a weekly spot where I could just kind of talk about football recruiting. And I started posting out some football recruiting pieces and bits. And I tried to use some statistics and analytics in these uh, these bits and pieces because that was what I was interested in. And one of my more analytical pieces uh, wound up getting forwarded to Jim Phillips, the athletic director of Northwestern, who from there sent it over to the head of recruiting at Northwestern. And a couple weeks before my freshman year, I received an email from the head of recruiting at Northwestern asking so me, I was going to ask you. This yeah. was before you even had freshman year had started here. Before I it freshman was year even started. Freshman and sophomore yeah. year. Wow. Yeah. So it was. So was it, and it was from Lake the Post? Lake. From, from good old Jay Sharma? Yes. And, and I, I recently actually met him a couple couple weeks ago. He was up here at Northwestern at the garage giving a talk. So I was able to finally that's introduce funny. myself in person. Jay's, Jay's good yeah. people at uh, Teamworks Media. Yes. So, oh, that's funny. That's It comes around. So I cut you off. Basically, uh, this blog entry ends up on Jim Phillips' desk. Yeah. And so what, what happened from there? So then after it uh, wound up on the, the desk of Jim Phillips, he wound up forwarding it over to the head of recruiting at Northwestern, whose name is Chris Bowers. And Coach Bowers wound up shooting an email my way, uh, asking me to come on in. And, um, you know, kind of week two of school, I went in and talked to uh, the head of recruiting at Northwestern. And he, he sat me down and said, hey, like what you're doing. If you're interested in the journalistic side of things, I can, you know, set you up with some, some content with some services, things like that, that you can you know write for. Or if you're just more interested in helping out the team and getting an inside view of what's going on in the recruiting program, I can give you an unpaid job working in this office. And I wasn't really interested in journalism. I was just a passionate football recruiting guy and sports fan. So having the opportunity to go and work for the Northwestern Football Recruiting Department was a dream for me. So within week two or three of being a, a freshman in college, I was working for the Northwestern football team in recruiting. I started putting in about 15 hours a week uh, in the office, all my kind of off time just looking for players and, and trying to help find and identify uh, talent for Northwestern. So explain a little bit about that for people who aren't familiar with it, too, of when you talk about trying to help the recruiting process uh, and identifying players. When four years ago, how did you help identify players? 
yeah, I got really lucky because because I came in vetted as someone who kind of knew a bit about the industry and, and came in with that kind of stamp of approval from the head of recruiting at Northwestern. He gave me really cool tasks and jobs to do. I wasn't just the you know monkey that was copying and pasting things. Uh, instead, while the, the full-time recruiting guys were working on the, at the time, the 2016 recruiting class, the current juniors in high school, my job was to get a head start on the 2017 recruiting class. So I spent my entire year sorting through hundreds upon hundreds of sophomores in high school and you know sorting them out into players that I thought were good fits for Northwestern and eliminating the guys that I thought were bad fits for Northwestern um, yeah and does that go that I mean that kind of goes to the core of of Z crew then right yeah. that so how did you well, I obviously we can't give away the proprietary uh, secrets uh, of how Z crew specifically works but i mean how did you develop that that's like the the holy grail in recruiting is to figure that out absolutely how, how did you i think uh, maybe approach it differently that you were able to identify some things that were working because i know as an illinois fan you've been killing us and yeah and finding these football recruits and head to head and 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 beating us so i'm want to find out and pass it the <laughs> word on to Lovey Smith. But seriously, you know, how, how did you go about doing that? Well, that was one thing I realized when working in the industry is that I was spending my time coming through hundreds upon hundreds of football players, and 90% of these players were just not good fits for Northwestern. They either didn't have grades for us, had too good of offers, and were unlikely to commit to our school. Um, they, you know, yeah, just didn't have grades for us and, and different things like that. And I realized that in the office, just a majority of this time and also this money that we were spending in recruiting was just wasted chasing the wrong guys. And then I actually took a class midway through my sophomore year at Northwestern in which I learned about the college admissions process. Uh, and it was actually taught by the president of Northwestern University, Morty Shapiro. Hmm. And it was an article that was written by him when he was the president of Williams College. And it was an article detailing how admissions, uh, admissions programs make decisions. And effectively, what the article is saying is that these admissions offices, they use a regression-based algorithm that can accurately predict how likely a general applicant would be of accepting a decision to college. And they do this for a couple reasons. One, these colleges have to accept more students than they have spots for because a lot of these students are going to choose other schools or going to go elsewhere. But at the same time, they can't have over-enrollments. They have to be very careful about selecting an optimal number of students. Also, a lot of these schools want to improve their yield rates. So they're going to reject a lot of highly qualified applicants that may have a very low likelihood of actually coming to their school. And when I saw this already being done in the world of college admissions, I thought, wow, this would be incredibly applicable to college football recruiting. But we know way more about these prospects that we're recruiting from a football perspective than admissions officers know about the general applicants applying to their school. So from there, I worked with a guy who was kind of my mentor at Northwestern Recruiting who'd recently left and taken another job, and we just gathered as many data points as we possibly could, everything from quantitative to qualitative data on every prospect that Northwestern had offered in the last couple years. And then from there, I recruited a buddy at Northwestern who uh, has a data science background and was a, an applied statistics major at Northwestern, and he ran the numbers, and over the course of a couple months, we developed an algorithm for Northwestern that, well, in the last two years of testing, has gotten Northwestern recruits right 94% of the time. So, wow. yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about the predictability that we've had, and it's been a really fun process. Okay, and again, it's going right over my, my head. When you talk about a regression-based algorithm, 
dumb that down a yeah. little bit um, so somebody like me can understand that a little better. So effectively, the algorithm is taking into consideration all the historical data uh, and kind of tying all these variables into a uh, an algorithm that can accurately predict how likely a future prospect would be to commit to a school like Northwestern. As it, meaning that you would take a profile for a kid and kind of match it up as a typical kid that's at this GPA and these other, all these other, you know, classes and where they're from and other data points, right? And then overlay that with Joe Smith from this high school that's the similar geography, similar grade point, and then understand, I mean, is that? Effectively what the regression is doing is it's uh, spinning all these variables that we're looking at into an equation, and it is saying, you know, offers from these schools matter this much, and visiting this program matters this much, and all of this. Mm -hmm. So then when a player comes through and has different criteria or factors, you can um, match that up to what the algorithm would uh, spit out, and it would spit out how likely from a zero to 100% scale, that prospect would be of committing to Northwestern. Now, how much of the, is there in legwork that still needs to be done, almost like a, I would call it data entry, that you have, um, you know, because you, you, you talk about pulling the data together in the, in the, in the present class even of, uh, you know, the recruiting folks have some things in terms of measurables, but I think it's probably more physical, like uh, 40 yeah. times and height, weight, and wingspan and those things. But what about the the other elements, like from these kids that you'd have to go through their admissions to get their GPAs yeah. or those things? Do you is there still a lot of clawing around and follow up calls and emails that are going to admissions or or actually the, yeah. the counselors or whatever? That's definitely been one of our biggest challenges as a company is uh, the imperfection um, and the difficulty of getting access to the data that we need to build some of these really accurate algorithms. So we're able to pull from publicly accessible sources such as Rivals, Scout, ESPN, and 247. That's why I was wondering where about you, 50% you, you of that data, pull some yeah. of that stuff from them and maybe with some caveats that it may not be perfectly accurate. Exactly. But at least it's it's a, uh, getting a much more uh, larger quantity yeah. of the data. Okay, that's that helps explain it to a certain extent. Well, your major here was, was it or, you know, organizational change or? Yes, organizational change and economics. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> See, that's why it's not making any sense to me. It's all that math and uh, <laughs> consultative talk there. So you've been developing this algorithm or algorithms and the data, and you've been actually started working with a couple other programs, right? Yeah. So we've had, uh, after running a successful pilot with Northwestern, um, we, in January, decided to attend the American Football Coaches Association convention. And well, actually, over the course of the summer, we got two other kind of free pilot programs on board our platform just to test out our predictability, make sure that this was applicable at schools beyond Northwestern. And we got that validation after the summer, which was really great. That was going to be my, that yeah. was where I was kind of going with that is, and I, I've read that one was one a power five and one was a kind of a mid-major Yeah, level. exactly. So it's not even just necessarily within the Big Ten. Yep. Northwestern has a different set of criteria, right? With yeah. The admissions that... Uh, it put it put you up there with uh, you know Stanford and you know the, the the much tougher standards. Is that that's why I was wondering? I can't even spit it out of exactly what, but of looking at these other schools, does that really skew it? Curious of how that stuff is coming together for you. So every algorithm we build is custom tailored to each school we work with. Okay. okay. So we ask we when we start working with the school, we have a we've kind of formalized it to some degree as mm -hmm. we know what core variables but it's not are going to matter. Just a, it's not a magic 
potion that's no. a, a cookie cutter solution. Not at all. Unfortunately. Yes, for you. which makes it more but. time intensive on our end. But we work with all the schools that we we work with to figure out what variables they want us to test, what they think matters in their recruiting uh, process, and we we go through and, and run all of the numbers and uh, test all these different fat factors and variables until we develop an algorithm that both us and our uh, customer feels are uh, you know it makes makes sense for them and, and is you know uh, yeah statistically significant and proven and, and all kind of lines up. So definitely is more time consuming on our perspective uh, and, and has some onboarding costs for us, but uh, allows us to have really accurate results across the board at very different schools. Yeah. So do you have you know, besides yourself, who else is working um, at ZCrude, or how many people do you have full time, part time? interns, whatever. Well, how's that? Yeah, we have seven Northwestern students that are working with us. We have two guys on the data analytics side of things, and we have four software engineers, and then myself, who I've been taking primarily a sales uh, and organizational uh, role um, in the company. Um, so yeah, we've got a really strong team, a really impressive group, and uh, everyone will be gunning full-time this summer on things. So I'm really excited about the progress that we'll be able to, to make from there as well. Now, are you... Uh, well, let me step back. Of we're in the the garage. Mm-hmm. How did you get into? Uh, how did you get into the garage? Yeah. I'm assuming there's a, a a process to apply and and all that kind of stuff. How, how did you even find it in the first place? And then get yourself in here. Yeah, so the Garage is Northwestern startup incubator, and it started up my junior year, uh, the start of my junior year, really when I was just getting things started and off the ground with Zcrute. So it coincided super well uh, with my timeline and starting the company. So uh, I just you know reached out, scheduled some meetings, made some calls, and applied for the residency program, as they call it here, and was accepted into one of the first batches of the, the Garage residency program, which allows about 50 to 60 teams in across across all schools and disciplines at Northwestern. So uh, from the Kellogg School of Management to all the undergraduate schools to the PhD programs, the master's programs, we have a, a you know, whole collection of people that are here that are working on really cool, different, interesting stuff from drones to virtual reality uh-huh. stuff to apps and, and software platforms. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been a really cool community to be a part of in terms of just interacting with other like-minded individuals that are trying to get cool things off the ground. And uh, it's been one of the more uh, awesome communities that I found at my time at Northwestern. Oh yeah, sure. The the, the just the buzz or the excitement uh, of you know, the hopeful future yep. uh, alone is is great. But to have all these smart ideas in here, now the, the other piece of it too, that I'm curious about is why hasn't somebody done this before, or has somebody tried to do this and it's failed, or and why why would that have failed then? I think that it's. Part of the reason, I think, is that the world of football recruiting, a lot of the people that work within recruiting don't have very analytical or technical backgrounds, uh, and they don't really understand how technology or data analytics could really help them in their day-to-day processes, while on the other side of things, the people that do have backgrounds in data analytics and, and tech, well, they because the college football recruiting industry is so insular, they have no access to the data they need, and they have no real access um, to the problem at hand that these programs are facing, and there's just been a big mismatch uh, within the industry. Um, And I think I've been very fortunate to be one of the people that I had my door in recruiting, and I, or my foot in the door in recruiting, and I knew how the, the, the world worked and operated, and I also had access to really 
great, smart people uh, that were yeah, strong at data analytics and software engineering. And by being able to merge those two worlds, I think I was in a really unique situation to get this off the ground and running that most other people just don't have access to. Okay, so the next thing is you're, you've got this group, you're graduating, and seven people going at it this summer now. You've got to have some hard costs, ideally start getting paid and those kinds of things. You've done three free pilots. Have you, I've read somewhere you've had some grants, some funding. How have you done that and how is that looking over the next you know, six months to grow? Yeah. So we actually have three paid customers now, so that's nice and that's good. And then we've also done okay in winning um, some pitch competitions that have fried us a couple thousand dollars in money and, and some university grants as well that have helped us out a little bit as well. Um, we have enough money to cover the summer without having to raise and along with having a little leftover. And we're hopeful that we'll be able to ramp up sales um, this summer as well. We're trying to bootstrap and, and get this off the ground and gun in without um, taking on invest outside investors or capital. We'll see how realistic that is. I know we're covered for the summer, and I think we'll reevaluate things after that point in time with where we're at. But yeah, we've been able to, to do OK. We've been able to get to a place of revenue uh, and growth without having to, to raise money and without incurring too much costs. But yeah, I mean, it's easy to, to do something like this when you've got a bunch of students that are hammering away on a you know, software platform. But now when things uh, turn full time and things start turning real, it's posed a different set of challenges and problems that uh, I'm excited to tackle, but are definitely going to uh, require me to think about things in a different way than I have been. Yeah, so the, what's the financial model with that, that if somebody, um, is it a subscription type base? Yes. Because on the front end, you're obviously, you've got to build out the customized algorithm related to every, you know, admissions and all the, the other pieces with each school. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, and then there's data entry as you, as you go through each year. I'm assuming that through each, you know, uh, class of re recruits. So is there, uh, well, I'll shut up and let you explain, like, is that a subscription type model mm -hmm. or what, how's that going to work? Yeah. So we sell our platform on an annual subscription basis and that's, yeah. So it, it provides us with a steady stream of revenue on an, an annual basis and, and hopefully a lot of room for us to continue to grow in advance, um, on, on each year. Um, the other thing is we, we have a second product offering that we're about to, to launch within the next couple of weeks. So we're excited about, we think that the second product offering, we're going to call it Zmail. It's going to be uh, effectively a daily email update notification platform platform to help recruiters stay more informed throughout the recruiting process. Um, and we think that that one will be able to provide us with an easy point of entry into selling to universities and provide us with uh, revenue to keep things going as well. And we're also still trying to um, do outreach and make more sales with Zcruit and get the, the ball rolling more there. Um, but yeah, we think we, we've got a pretty, nice, pretty darn good product right now. And this summer, we're excited to really take it to the next level and make it something that you know schools are going to have to have. Yeah, who, who is your customer on that? end is it is it the athletic director is it the foot head football coach is it the recruiting whoever has the recruiting coordinator role who, who do you work with directly basically? it's really we got to make that sale to the the head of recruiting or the director of player personnel for these football programs if we can get them on board usually we're, we're locked in and sold um, there so that's really the person that is uh, the the final decision maker there and if they want it uh, they'll they'll make it happen so that's our, our person and so you're, what you're seeing too is that it's not limited to just, well, I mean, there's what, 65 power five schools or whatever. I'm sure my number is off slightly, yeah. but, but it's not just though. I mean, 65 customers right now would be awesome, but yep. it's through all the, it could be through any of the programs. Now, 
the explain before I want to ask something else about extending to other sports. Let me come back to that. But before we forget on Zmail, can you tell a little bit more about what that like? What's the value of of that? Like, is it recruiting NCAA information? Is it more kid focused, talent focused? What is that? Yeah. So what Zmail is doing is schools can do a couple things. One, they can track as many players as they want, and whenever one of those players picks up an offer or commits to another school, they'll get notified of that right away. Additionally, they'll be able to flag certain schools or they'll be able to flag certain geographic locations. And whenever a prospect gets an offer from one of their rival schools or is a player from a geographic area that gets an offer from any program in the country, we'll be able to tell these schools that information instantaneously as well. Uh, We're also able to tell these schools um, if prospects from different geographic areas or positions they care about are getting bumps in their rating from any of these uh, recognized talent rating services such as Rival Scout, ESPN, and 247. And we're also able to tell them of new prospects that were just added to our database personally um, to just keep them a step ahead of the recruiting process and approach. Yeah, so how are you ag- are you aggregating both individuals as well as across different scouting services? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. So, and we're already uh, have this capability for our current Zcruit customers, and it's been one thing that they all really enjoy about our platform. So, it, we're just kind of repurposing this into a second offering that we can spit out. But they to. may not have the full service. Yeah, but they could get this just the, the emails, the email. and we think that'll okay. be a great way for us to just you know low cost, high value point entry into selling to these schools, and we're excited about the the launch of that product as well within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, it's nice. It's complimentary, and yep. you said if it's already uh, a lot of the infrastructure is in place, that absolutely makes, make a lot of sense. Now, do, is is there an application? Do you think that there's a, an application in the near future of this, like moving it over to basketball? Yeah. We've uh, kicked around basketball a little bit, and we'd ultimately love to push our platform across entire collegiate athletic departments. Mm-hmm. With basketball, in order for us to, to do this in the short term, we just have to do more market research. I personally came from a football background and not much right. of a back, basketball background. I know that basketball recruiting is, is definitely different from football. In football, these programs are uh, offering about 200 players a year to get 20 to commit. In basketball, they're offering 10 to 15 prospects to get three to commit. Uh, so the numbers game isn't, isn't there as much. But we... So we don't really know if that's a problem that's as you know faced as much by these basketball recruiters. So we'll, we'll just have to do more market research, and we're planning on k- kicking that around this summer. Um, we're, we're kicking around a couple other cool analytics projects as well this summer that we're excited about um, doing as well in terms of just you know optimizing recruiting travel budgets or you know predicting oh, wow. on the field success of, uh, of a prospect. And how now you, that yeah, now how do you guys do that? I mean, you sitting in one of these rooms here in the garage or you know out in the open areas, mm-hmm. and just saying hey. You know, did we think about this? Or? Yeah, we yeah, we're, we just are constantly kind of kicking kicking new ideas around and 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 also listening to our, our customers and feedback from from people that we've we've demoed our, our product to and, and seeing what services that they want that we could potentially provide. And now that we're working with a couple programs here, we've got um, a lot of just constant feedback coming in about you know our product and our offerings but also we've got a lot more data that we have access to that you know a lot of people don't that we uh we're excited to be able to get our hands on and, and take advantage of um and, and hopefully ways that can help these programs out and provide us uh the ability to provide schools with more value and how did how do you right now uh, um i'm assuming again there's professors and other mentors involved with the garage who are invaluable and yeah. bouncing ideas out does this work or hey you know them coming back to you did you think of this or have you i found other mentors out there in the 
air quotes, real world to yeah. you. Uh, how have you found those folks and what do they help you with? I've been really lucky. I think that I've got a lot of really great people that are champions for what we're doing that have been incredibly helpful for us. First off, the Northwestern network is incredible. There was a guy who graduated a couple years, my senior at Northwestern, who uh, is running a successful sports tech company uh, that's um, doing doing really well. It's in a lot of programs called Rise Science uh, based out of Chicago. Um, so there, you know, it's, it's been great to be able to connect with him. But another group that's been really great is uh, a company called Championship Analytics. There are these two guys that graduated from Northwestern uh, a couple years back, or I guess you know, ten to ten to twenty years back, and they run an analytics, um, a football analytics company that helps college football programs uh, make on the field decisions using analytics. Oh. And they've just been amazing mentors for us, um, and have been super helpful. And just kind of being able to connect with them through the Northwestern space has just been awesome. Uh, the garage and the mentors that they they have cycling through here have been great for us. And I'm also lucky. I'm in this uh, fellowship program called the Future Founders Fellowship, in which uh, it's myself and 14 other uh, collegiate-aged entrepreneurs. Some people have uh, are, are still in college. Some have dropped out of college. And some are recent college grads are pursuing their ventures full-time. And it's a, a group of people that are all kind of doing the same thing that are, are trying to push their ideas into into realities and making things happen and um, the, the people that are, are really great to kick things off of we've got people that are um, solving the nine billion dollar a year problem of mother pigs squishing their uh, piglets uh, the piglets to death in the in the pen uh, we've got people that are um, yeah just doing uh, really cool things delivery services and food services and things like that. Um, and, and both the, the other fellows in this program have been great uh, resources for myself, but also the mentors that they've connected me to have been awesome. And then the third way I've been able to get access to great mentors is just um, people have been connecting me to just really high up and awesome people uh, in, in the sports tech space, which has been really great. Um, I've connected with CEOs of companies such as Striver and Teamworks and uh, give them updates as frequently as I can. And that's been just really cool um, to, to see these people that have you know had a lot of success and are super busy who have been able to show me so much uh, attention and support and and provide me with a lot of help and guidance throughout the process has been uh really helpful and really great and i'm excited to kind of keep um keep keep these guys in the loop and, and continue to use them as resources yeah so have you have you it seems like it's been pretty smooth sailing so far have you had any hiccups or even places where um, have you hit that yet? I mean, it's probably coming at some point. It seems to with every everybody um, at startup level is you know oh uh, that we found the thing that's going to kill this or it's yeah. you know or we're thinking we can't go on any further. Have you have you hit anything close to that? Yeah, I think um, we developed a beta version of our product at the end of the summer, and in the fall we were really excited to test it out with our initial group of, of free beta clients and. They just weren't using it. They weren't logging on. They weren't getting any usage out of our product. And we were, like, freaking out. You know, we <laughs> spent all this time, and we, we thought we were onto a good idea, and we just couldn't figure out why people weren't, you know, logging on and using our product. And then we just, you know, problem solved and thought of a couple different things that we could implement that could draw constant usage, that could incentivize people to actually click click on us, to open us, and to provide, you know, more value from our product. And from there, we that's when we started the email service to our clients. And I started by just manually sending these emails across to all of our uh, our existing users and, and you know spending you know, about an hour a day just um, you know, first thing I do when I'd wake up or last thing I do before I would go to bed is just you know send these emails out and uh, and hope that that was providing value 
value and we saw that our usage rate was you know spiked a lot after that and we mm-hmm. pushed a couple other features out as well and suddenly from there by uh, the winter we were like hey we've suddenly got a product that is useful that people are using and that people are getting value out of and uh, that coincided really well with the American Football Coaches Association convention which was in January in Nashville. Me and one of my buddies we flew out there and we presented to several schools out there and um, Buzz from the convention actually landed us an article with USA Today yeah, and then that. that was awesome and, and we were able to really capitalize off that and get in touch with a lot of schools from there and, and just get their feedback and, and at that point in time we didn't really feel like we had a product that was ready for market but we, we put it together as quickly as we could and received our NCAA scouting certification license and uh, yeah we're able to start in in March and April to really start selling this thing and, and getting wow. it off the ground and gun and so uh, we were, were lucky to, to get a, a flurry of success in that time um, but I'd say that there were a couple of months there where we just weren't getting that active product usage and we were just kind of freaking out and thinking you know have we just wasted our time is this even right. The, the right thing that we should be doing and then I think we were able to problem solve that out now the you know sales is hard and, and how can we get more more sales and get more people onto our platform and using us, and I think that's another challenge that uh, we're, we're trying to, to get and overcome. Um, you need a lot of connections and relationships to get in the door, um, and I'm excited now that it's my full-time job to really be able to focus more on the, the sales side of things and, and hopefully get, get things ramped up there, but I think that's been another challenge that we're uh, Yeah, how does somebody, experiencing. you know, uh, to be the old man here, but, uh, you know, a youngster like you, I hate to say that, but, you know, just finishing school, what, what do you, how do you approach that? Because you talked about sales can be hard, and it's about building uh, networks and connections. How do you do that? What do you, events, emails, calls, stumbling into people? What, how do you, how have you been building the network? Or finding yeah. what's the most effective way to do it? I think there are three ways that we've primarily been able to get in the door with people. Um, the best thing to do is obviously connections. Um, being able to, to have a direct connection to one of these, these programs, to one of these recruiters has been invaluable. And based off my time working for Northwestern Football, I was able to build up a really solid network of people that um, are champions for, for me and what I'm doing that have been really helpful in terms of being able to connect me um, to their friends in the industry, but also a lot of these guys who I worked with at Northwestern, suddenly they're coaching at, at you know different schools uh, across the country, and it's uh, you know I can just text my buddy from from Oregon or Missouri and say, hey, is there any way that I can you know talk to your recruiting guy? Um, so that's been really nice and helpful. The other way is by getting some of the press we've got. Uh, we've had some schools reach out to us, um, so that was you know especially oh, with the USA the Today article. Inbound. That was Inbound actually sales, yeah. Yes. So we. Uh, you know, had a, a you know top top school that actually called the the garage and uh, said, "Hey, we're we're looking for for Ben Weiss." And the uh, uh, executive director at the garage answers the phone. And it's like, um, he's not at his desk right now. Can I take a message? And uh, uh, yeah, so we we wound up getting you know in the door that way from a couple schools and, and getting some connections there. And the last one is just emailing, and and that's one thing that I've I've got to work a little bit more in terms of just uh, a more strategic email campaign. But we've sent out a couple emails and updates about. What we do, send out our one pager, send out you know uh, us getting our NCAA scouting, scouting certification license and things like that, and uh, you know we'll get a, a decent amount of click rates and, and some schools hitting us back from that saying yeah interested in scheduling a demo and setting it up. And how do you find yeah. that list? That's a more are you, are you buying a list of people within the athletic departments or something that targeted? How, how do you find that? It's uh, a lot of been hacking it together. I've I've put together a 
sales lead list by just looking at all the recruiting guys from various schools, so just finding their names, scraping them up and finding them through connections just and online and googling all and Got yeah, it. just okay. you know hoping to find their emails or you find the university email and what the the code tends to look like right. and say oh that's their name and that's because that's one thing that is good about you know our sales process we know all the people that we need to make the sale to and and who all of our customers are it's just how do we we connect with them um, is is the the big thing so that's you know been fortunate is that we can get access to that stuff and and now it's really ramping it up we've we've been able to connect with 25 schools at this point um, and now it's just kind of continuing to milk those connections keep them updated uh, keep going back and forth with uh, our existing connections and and try to um, get additional connections as well along with just making sure that we do a great job with our current customers and making sure that uh, they just love love our product and love what we're doing so those are kind of the, the things we got to focus on and and I think that over time we'll be able to have more more success there as well and the final question before we go to speed round is uh, what's uh, what, do, what do you think what's your goal to say six months from now or 12 months from now of you know what what are you is there a goal on amount of schools or you know, any of those kinds of things that you have in mind? Yeah, I would love for within the next six months from now, be in somewhere between 10 and 20 schools. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't really know if I've got a, too much of a, a hard goal from there. I think we're, we're going to test out and try a lot of things this summer and, and beyond that hopefully we'll, we'll be able to diversify our, both our product offerings, provide more value with our existing services, um, and really just build us into a, a mainstay service in, in the recruiting space and one that the people are talking about, the people know of. I think that you know, the the top priority that, that we really have as a company is making sure that these current users are really, really happy, that they love what we're doing, and that they're going to sign up again for next year. And if we can get a couple more on board uh, to boot, that'll that'll be awesome. So we're going to, you know, work our, our butt off to, to get this thing out there to as many schools as possible. Um, but yeah, just, it's it's not just making the sales, but it's also making sure that the people that, that are on there are, are really happy and are, are loving what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I thought of one more question. The, the, um, looking at over the past few years while you've been in school, you've you worked last summer at Deloitte. Yep. Uh, and you'd also done some work I saw with uh, the city of Chicago yes. and Mayor Emanuel's office mm-hmm. in. Did I get this right? Early education policy change management. Yes, uh, that was actually a really cool product or project. So, uh, the city of Chicago was set to implement a new um, application enrollment system for all pre-K programs in the city, and I was on the four-person implementation team of that. So that was a really cool work experience for me to get in and to to work on a really meaningful, tangible project that was impacting. How did you of get in? How did you get hooked up with that? Uh, through through. Northwestern, I, I was required to do an academic internship, and that was uh, what I wound up getting getting connected to, and, and wound up uh, finding for myself. So, oh, it, awesome. uh, yeah, it worked out really well. So, yeah, I've um, been been very Did fortunate. Did Ron come in and give you pep talks about getting everything implemented on time? I uh, saw Ron from a, from a distance, but didn't <laughs> didn't interact in uh, in person too much with him. But that's probably a good thing. <laughs> if you were interacting with him, it was probably you'd been in in trouble. Yep, exactly. All right, so a couple quick questions. Uh, related to Northwestern and, and of course, all the amazing work that you're doing around the football team. How many games does the Northwestern team win this fall? I think that 
Offense is in good shape. Excited about Clayton Thorson and Justin Jackson, that duo. I think the O-line's going to be pretty good. Wide receivers, I think we're going to have to replace uh, both Austin Carr and Solomon Vault this year. But uh, I think we have enough athletic bodies where we should be okay. Defense, I'm a little worried about linebackers and defensive ends. But I think we're, we're going to win seven or eight before the bowl game this so year. So you're going bowling again, for sure. We're going sure. bowling, right. is what I expect. All right. And then with your help, how high is this uh, recruiting class going to be ranked? You've already got quite a few guys, good guys, um, committed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think you'll end up? So that's one thing that's been really cool about what the impact of the crew. Currently, we're ranked 16 in the country, uh, ahead of such historic football powerhouses such as USC, UCLA, Auburn, and Florida. We, we should all be listening to this and <laughs> calling you up, right? Exactly. The next four... And we actually ran the numbers with Northwestern. We found that in 2017, Northwestern improved its commit-to-offer ratio from 17% to 22%. They Im- increased the percent of time spent recruiting players that wound up committing to their school from 5% to 14%. Uh, and they wrapped up their 2017 recruiting class an average of 51 days earlier uh, from previous wow. years, which was uh, allowed them to be able to get off to an even faster start in the 2018 class. And yeah. now their 2018 class is effectively done and solidified, and they're able to move on to uh, the 2019-2020 class already. So that's one of the things that we're seeing with uh, with the recruiters. We're helping these schools allocate their time in more efficient ways and make smarter recruiting decisions that is able to get them a even faster jump on the next year and a competitive advantage in terms of just building right, so those relationships can, and connections. So, so they can go up against Lane Kiffin and offering the next sixth grade quarterback or something. I don't know if, uh, if yeah, what, Coach Fitz will ever go that low. But, what, uh, does the, yeah, what does <laughs> what does Z-Crute, uh, does that just like, does the computer start smoking <laughs> when you put sixth grade We only have uh, high school, yeah, freshman through through seniors in our in our platform, so uh, right. we we cut down on that. But yeah, that's another thing. Coach Fitz, he uh, he always makes the joke is if the kid doesn't have a driver's license, he's very hesitant to yeah. to offer a full ride scholarship offer to him. A lot can um, change. Yeah, but it's definitely a, a crazy space and a crazy industry with a lot happening and changing right now. But yeah, we're really excited about just the, these initial numbers we've run with Northwestern. Is you know I don't know how fi- high they'll they'll wind up being when it's all said and done, but I do know that Northwestern is recruiting at a really high level and is regarded as um, an incredibly successful recruiting program right now and um, you know not too many five stars or four stars um, you know that they've locked up but they're getting some really good players that have gotten offers from a lot of their schools and and we like to think that's because they're just making smarter decisions in terms of how they're allocating their time and resources on the trail. Well, anything else uh, that I may have uh, be be remiss to discuss, or we feeling good about the the chat here? I think we're we're feeling good. Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it. I loved it. Thanks for joining (laughs) me on the Painless Podcast, Ben Weiss from Zcruit. We'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Ben. Obviously, an impressive young man, and will not be the last time we hear from him or Zcruit. Now, if you have not already, which shame on you, but please subscribe. Please rate, please review the Painless Podcast. It's very helpful, helps us get noticed, and is very much appreciated. Also, scroll through the feed if you haven't recently. Check out some of the other great episodes. We've got 17 other fantastic guests that have been on so far. Uh, some startup-focused episodes, if that's what you're here for today, include Adam Grossman. Uh, it's also analytics uh, with Block 6 Analytics. And uh, Chris Ruder from Spikeball. Check those out in particular. Email any and all feedback, guest suggestions to painlesspod at painless.network. And until next time, it's Chris Hartwig saying, let's stay connected, friends.